Get ready for the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast, your weekly breakdown of everything District 4 in the state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we're joined today by the guy who's got nothing, not a zilch squat, Scott Burton. Hey, Brandon, how's it going? I, You're right. I've got nothing today. You know those days where you just wake up and you're like, I just, I just don't have anything today. There's right. nothing in the tank. There's, there's nothing on the calendar. I just got nothing. <laughs> that's, that's all good because uh, we've got plenty going on that we're going to be able to, you know, uh, run through. So we're going to talk uh, state golf. We're going to talk uh, district soccer. We're going to mm-hmm. talk, you know, some big football matchups uh, that that have been taking place because we're we're getting to the end, right? The first uh, fall championship domino has fallen, and it's going to be yeah. a sprint for the next what six weeks. Yeah, uh, it's it's so crazy how busy fall gets, and because of the busyness, it goes by so quickly. And now here we are starting the district tournaments. I mean, soccer is right just about done volleyball starts this week um and then we've got district cross country coming up and swimming uh golf is already done i mean yeah so here we are going into our kind of a dead time between sports and that we're the only thing that's going to be happening is playoff football that's right you know and as somebody who um has to get i i have one foot i'm like straddling the line right we've got fall sports but then I, like i also got to get ready for the winter sports season you know i know sports.com yeah. does statewide previews for all of the girls and boys basketball we've got some really exciting wrestling yeah. coverage we're, we're adding to this year so i i wish there was more of a gap in between uh instead of the yeah. uh constant overlap because it makes me a very busy guy and so it, it does i mean i don't know how you do it all but you know that's that's why you get paid the big bucks brandon that's right still not as big as you though i'm, I'm requesting that burton <laughs> salary but well those are those are the side hustles my friend that's <laughs> where you make your money that's right you're a man of many talents um all right speaking of talented individuals let's move to what wow. was the <laughs> i always get you with the transitions yeah right? you do you do since day one very impressive <laughs> all right well last week we had the uh, state golf championships first time ever 5A, 4A golf was held in the fall. The 5A meet was uh, in Rexburg. The 4A meet was in Idaho Falls. And really, that's what we're focused on here on the 4A side. We talked about it coming in, Scott, that, you know, Twin Falls on the girls' side had a shot in the team race. Now, they had they had played at the Jerome Invite, you know, three or four weeks ago, and Bishop Kelly had come to that invite, and Bishop Kelly had won the team title. So we were like, okay, you know, it's probably going to come down to BK and Twin, uh, could the Bruins shake off that quote unquote loss to BK at the Jerome invite and come through with a championship? And and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. I mean, we, we knew it right from the start. It was going to be Bishop Kelly and, and twin falls. I mean, they are just the dominant, dominant teams in four a, and you know, a lot of times people use those in, invitationals to, you know, try things out. And <clears throat> one thing, you know, and I, and I was a golf coach, once upon a time. And, you know, sometimes you get your strategy for state on these invitational, especially when you're going up against uh, teams like Bishop Kelly and, you know, Twin Falls. It's like, okay, how am I going to attack this? Who's my one? 
Who's my five? Who am I going to pair them with? Who are they going to be able to play with? Because, you know, when you're playing golf, I mean, you're matched up in the one versus one, two versus two, you know, who's playing well together, you know, and, and who can handle the pressure, who can't. And that's what you use a lot of these invitationals for. And they set you up for a lot of success, you know, at the state tournament. And so uh, it worked out very well for Twin Falls. The Bruins are state champions. Yeah, they, they finished 40 uh, strokes over par, but uh, that, that was enough to give them the win. Uh, Bishop Kelly, conversely, was 73 strokes over. So, so Twin Falls, I mean, went away, away with this. Going away, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So this was a, a dominant performance led by a dominant golfer. Yeah, we've talked about her all fall long, Ava Schroeder. Um, she is your 4A individual medalist. And again, she plays girls soccer for Twin Falls as well. And we'll, we'll get yeah. to Ava and her teammates in Twin Falls. Uh, she could be double dipping in, in the championships uh, for this fall, which would be <laughs> yeah, awesome. Might. Yeah, I mean, how cool would that be? Two state titles in one season. I mean, one like fall, not and just school year. <laughs> That would be worthy of a podcast invite. You know, we might try to get Ava Schroeder on anyways, just to talk about how it went for her. Uh, oh, I, I would love that. Um, yeah. If we can get their golf coach to get back to us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, might have to reach out on the soccer side and see if we can get in that way. Yeah, yeah uh, no kidding. But uh, I mean, Ava. Ava just runs away with the state title. I mean, shoots 11 under par. Yeah, and I think the stat that's most uh, sums it up to me is the entire weekend – boys or girls, 5A or 4A. She led the way with 15 birdies. Nobody else even matched that on, on the weekend. There's guys I play with that don't get 15 birdies in the summer. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely destroyed it. I mean, shoots – I mean, it, it, it's a model of consistency. And, and that's the thing about golf is golf is, you know, you get into certain handicaps that are – they'll shoot 75 one day and then 95 the next, you know, those are not going to be your champions and great golfers. Okay. Cause it's any given day that they can blow it up. But Ava is a model of consistency. You know, when she goes out and she's playing well, I mean, she's firing a 65 day one and then follows that up with a 64 the next day. And it's all about consistency in golf. Yeah, what a run for Ava Schroeder. Uh, other Magic Valley golfers who placed in the top 10, Sierra Bourne, her Twin Falls teammate, tied for fifth, uh -huh. along with uh, Allison Shockney uh, of uh, Minico, who had a great individual season. Um, you also had Ava Young from Minico finish in ninth. So Minico, you know, had a couple of high-placing individuals as well. Yeah, they did, you know, and they've got a, a couple of uh, pieces that play really, really well, but they just didn't have the depth you know, that uh, Twin Falls had. And and that's the thing with, with Bishop Kelly and Twin Falls. I mean, you're going to get medalists from other schools, but do you have four or five golfers that can score for you and create a team? And that's what, that's what a lot of people are missing is they have one or two, but three through five are just, oh my gosh, you know. <laughs> It is. It's it's tough for sure. On on the on the four A boy side, Bishop Kelly uh, runs away with the title there. Um, there was actually a tie um, for the four A individual championship between Nate Nelson of Shelley and uh, a kid from BK, Dallas Jackson, and the uh, the kid from Shelley actually won on the uh, on the playoff. So 
Uh, way to go, Nate Nelson of Shelley. He's also the quarterback for the football team, so he's been a busy guy. Uh, yeah. In fact, four of the five members of Shelley's golf team, I was talking to their football coaches about this, four of the five members of Shelley's golf team also play football. So there's a school that says, yeah, go for it. If you guys want to do golf, awesome. Just get the practice time in. And mm -hmm. um, so that was pretty cool to see. Uh, Derek Leckerkirk of Twin Falls finishes third, two strokes off of yep. the two leaders that tied for first. Um, and then also in, in the top 10, you had uh, Kane Orr from Mitico, who took seventh um, as well. So, yeah, I mean, you look at you look at that individual boy's side and – I mean, after day one, it was Leckerkirk leading the way. I mean, he shot the low round of 67 on day one. You know, and and we knew that Nelson was a stick, and we also knew that Jackson and, and several BK people, they could they could swing it. You know, I, my question going in is, where was Leckerkirk going to match up with these guys? And after day one, he was the guy everybody was chasing, you know. Uh, followed it up with a 71. Um, but that, I mean, which normally – is good enough to win. I mean, he still shot two under par, but look at the rounds posted by Nelson and Jackson, 68, and then Jackson, a 66. So, I mean, the Bishop Kelly kid that took second shoots a 70 and then a 66, which is crazy, but go right back to the model of consistency. And that is where Nelson won it. 68 both days. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic finish uh, to watch that as it all unfolded. Uh, certainly, all right. I'm gonna, I'm going to share a video with you now, Scott. This isn't Magic Valley related, but uh, this was so cool. I thought everybody should see this. Madison uh, did really well at the five A tournament, and especially on the boys' side, where Ashton MacArthur from Madison was your five A medalist. And again, if you're watching the video version of this podcast at idahosports.com's YouTube channel or Facebook page, you're going to see the, the the pictures and the video I'm about to share. If you're listening audio only uh, at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts, uh, you, you can find it on Instagram as well. At uh, Ashton MacArthur 5 is his Instagram handle. So I'm going to share my screen and everybody make your screen full screen so you can see this a little better. Okay, in this first picture, this is Ashton MacArthur of Madison. Here's him celebrating after the win. This is him signing his name on the green. And then watch this video, Scott. He sinks a 30-foot putt to win the 5A title. This is crazy. Watch this video. It's a little blurry, but check this out. Wow. Wow. How awesome is that? Look at the bend on oh, that. Oh, that's awesome. And then he and then he chest bumps and <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that is what it's all about right there. Yeah. That is awesome. I'm so glad somebody took that because <laughs> that is something that kid is going to remember for the rest of his life because that was pretty dang awesome. Yeah, I mean a 30 foot putt. That's no that's no gimme. That is high pressure situation and so Oh, and, yeah, and that's the thing, Brandon. I mean, the, golf is such a, a weird game because all you've got is yourself and and people handle pressure completely in different ways. And if you ever want to know what it's like to feel pressure, go play the game of golf in a tournament situation, especially when you got stuff on the line. And you'll find out a lot about yourself, you know, and to stay calm in those things. Because, you know, golf is a one of those games of, I mean, you call football a game of inches. Golf is a game of like millimeters, because if you've got one little tiny thing off, 
you leave that putter blade open just a little bit much, you close the toe just a little bit, everything changes. You know, you're a little bit amped up in your swing because of adrenaline, because it's just you. Who knows? Coming across the top of the ball, and next thing you know, it's going left. You're playing army golf, left, right, left, right. And then everything's a mess. But if you want to learn a lot about yourself and how you handle pressure, go play golf under extreme circumstances when you have something on the line. So I like seeing that stuff. Yeah, that was, that was so cool to see. And I thought, you know, even even though it's not Magic Valley, you know, everybody should see yeah. that clip. Oh, of course. It, that was awesome. Um, all right, let's move on to other postseason affairs. District soccer, hot and heavy right now. Uh, yep. Again, if you're watching the video version of this podcast, uh, I'm going to share my screen and we'll put the brackets up on the screen so you can see it right there. If you're listening audio only, you're in luck. We've got all the district brackets on our website, idahosports.com, right near the top of the homepage. And that's not just for District 4. That's for every district, yeah. every classification. So if you're starting to look at, hey, my team qualified for state, who are they going to be running into? You can look at the other district brackets and start to put the pieces of the puzzle together. So let's start with the 3A classification because they've actually, we're recording this Wednesday morning uh, on October 14th. They actually have matches tonight, Scott, that will um, determine you know, who's going to make it to state and uh, who isn't. So again, as I share my screen here and look at the brackets, if you're watching the video, I would encourage you to make your screen full screen so you can see the brackets a little more clearly. This is the High Desert Conference, District 4 in Class 3A. This is the girls' bracket where Scott in the championship match uh, tonight at Sun Valley Community School, it's the top two teams. Number two, Buell. Number one, Sun Valley. Buell just got past Kimberly, who, if you'll remember, got to state last year and actually um, were upset by Sun Valley Community School in the opening round at state last year. Kimberly is the defending district champion. They lose one nothing to Buell in the semifinals. They've still got a chance to battle back. They're going to play Wendell, the four seed tonight, though, in a loser out match. Yeah, so, I mean, this Buell Community School matchup will be, what, the third time they've played this year. Yep. And both times community school, you know, got the win. Uh, I think they opened the season with them with a, a 4-1 victory or community school did and then beat Buell again 3-1 later in the season. So, you know, they always say it's it's hard to beat a good t- team three times. Um, and they, they've been relatively close. But, uh, I mean, community school is really a solid, solid program. Um, but let's see what Buell's got to say about it. You know, they definitely the underdogs coming in. Yeah, that's what happened last year where Kimberly had beaten the community school and districts and in the regular season. And then they got, because of the max preps seeding, they got matched up in the first round at state. And Sun Valley was the eight seed uh, and and knocked off Kimberly, the one seed. So that was pretty uh, phenomenal to watch. So good, good luck to the final four competing there. Let's take a look at the boys side for 3A District 4. Um, it, it's the same final. Well, three of the four final four are the same in the district championship. You've got Wendell, the number one seed, the overwhelming favorite taking on Kimberly, the three seed Kimberly knocked out the cutthroats in the semis on Monday in overtime, three to two. They, they got a, a goal in overtime. The golden goal is what they call it when you score an OT. So, um, it's Kimberly and Wendell for the district title tonight in Wendell at four o'clock. And then uh, the cutthroats are going to play Bliss. Bliss, the four seed, still hanging around in a loser out match. Yeah, Kimberly and Wendell, uh, they're familiar with each other. They've played twice, and and uh, both times they were Wendell victories. You know, so here we go. A third time, can Kimberly pull it off? Um, the first time that they played Wendell early in the season, they lost three to one, and then later in the uh, later in the season. 
or well, mid midway through the season, they lost five to three. So here we are, third time's a charm, hopefully for uh, for Kimberly in this matchup. But uh, boy, getting getting the community school out of the way huge for both Wendell and Kimberly because it's like you just took down Goliath, even though they were the number two seed. I mean, they're the ones that everybody's worried about. You know, you get them out of the way, and now all of a sudden there's a little renewed vigor in both Wendell and Kimberly. It's like, holy cow, we don't have to go through community school. Yeah, and, um, you know, it is uh, October, the month of Halloween. You know, we've learned from our horror films over the years, you know, you're not dead until you're actually dead. The cutthroats can still <laughs> sneak through the back door there. Um, yeah. Wendell, uh, with a win tonight, clinches a spot at State, and uh, the Trojans, according to the Max Preps ratings, would be the number one overall seed at stake this year for because of the, it's only factored into your regular season matches. Wendell, of course, mm -hmm. went uh, unbeaten in the regular season. So uh, Wendell possibly could be the number one seed at state if they get there. They'll have to beat Kimberly tonight, though. But, man, the Trojans have been very fun to watch. Yeah, and that game long. is scheduled uh, for 4 o'clock uh, in Wendell. So yep. if you get out and want to see some soccer, there's where you're going. Definitely. All right, let's look at the Great Basin. Uh, matches coming up tomorrow night, Thursday the 13th. Let's start on the girls' side where, well, it's one versus two. Canyon Ridge, Twin Falls, they're going to meet for the third time uh, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Uh, to decide who's going to win the district. On the backside of the bracket, you've got Wood River traveling to Mountain Home tomorrow as well in a loser-out battle. And then the winner of that will play the loser of the district championship match for that second spot to go to state. Yeah, this this Canyon Ridge Twin Falls championship match is going to be is going to be something else. They played twice. Canyon Ridge got uh, got the win two to nothing, and then later in the season they finished in a one one tie. I mean, these are two very evenly matched uh, teams, and and you look at this you know girls bracket, and it really it's it's Canyon Ridge and Twin. I mean, somebody else is going to have to sneak in there and, and pull an upset, but. You know, this is this will be a really good game. And yet, you know, I'll point out right here in the semi right here on Saturday, Canyon Ridge and Wood River battled to a one one draw through two overtime periods. It came down to penalty kicks. Canyon Ridge barely slipped out of their five four. I still think Wood River has got a lot to say. You know, they've got to go to Mountain Home, which will be a tough matchup, but I do like the Wolverines there. Yeah, you know what? And and maybe I got ahead of myself a little bit. There are a couple of, of teams here that could potentially pull an upset, and both of them are still alive. I mean, obviously, Mountain Home has had a really good season. And, you know, Wood River, when it comes to soccer, you just – soccer, tennis, those kind of – you just never count them out. It doesn't matter, you know. They're playing some really good soccer and – but uh, I'm, I'm just really excited to see what happens in this Canyon Ridge Twin Falls match on Thursday. And Twin Falls has the pedigree right there. The reigning 4A state champs. They have a lot of great players back from that championship team. Ava Schroeder, Hannah McQueen. You could go on down the list. And, of course, they're so well coached. So, yeah, that'll be uh, a, a fun match Thursday. And then on the boys' side, it's, again, one versus two for the district championship. It's Canyon Ridge and Wood River. And then on the back side, it's three and four. Jerome is going to go to Mountain Home on Thursday in a in a loser out battle. It's it's all chalk thus far, Scott. Yeah, it, it really has been chalk. And and here we go again with Canyon Ridge being the number one seed in both boys and girls soccer. And Canyon Ridge and, and Wood River, uh, obviously no strangers to each other. Canyon Ridge won the first matchup one to nothing. Uh, they played a little bit later. 
and uh, lost that one two to nothing up in Wood River. So this will be interesting as well. You know, uh, Wood River has got this Ted Lasso thing going on because um, Kevin Stilling is the active coach right now. And he has been, uh, what, five, six games in um, leading the Wolverines on the boys pitch. So uh, it's it's a little different look, but, uh, you know, it's it's going to be a good game. I mean, Canyon Ridge Wood River, one and two, 14 and two for Canyon Ridge on the year, 13 and two for Wood River on the year. They are head and shoulders, the top two teams, because third seed Mountain Home finished, you know, eight and six on the year. So you, you talk about a little bit of a drop. Uh, it's Wood River and Canyon Ridge head and shoulders right now in that conference. Yeah, uh, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I, I didn't even know that was happening at Wood River with uh, with Kevin Stilling. He's, of course, the athletic director. He was the football coach for a long time. You know, I, I was getting ready to do girls basketball preview stuff yesterday, and I noticed he's listed as the girls basketball head coach as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's taken over the helm at the girls basketball position as well. That uh, good friend of mine, but he is going to be busy. <laughs> That's boy, yeah. I, I know. So I, I he's, it's like he's got some sort of like a death wish or something. He's going to die of exhaustion, but <laughs> he's he's going to do it. And if there's anybody that can, it's going to be that guy. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, I mean, you talk about a guy that bleeds uh, green and silver of uh, what river. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's the guy right there. So, wow. OK, that's an interesting storyline. We'll have to uh, follow as as Wood River makes their way through the postseason. But that's that's what's going on in soccer. No bids officially awarded yet. But uh, by this time next week, we'll know who's going, Scott. Yeah. And we're we're going to do a live uh, state soccer tournament preview show. Uh, I'm going to bring on uh, one of our talented writers, uh, Christian Wiener. He's been writing the uh, weekend previews all year long for us. He's very plugged into what's going on in the soccer landscape. So we'll do we'll do one of those live shows next uh, Tuesday night at seven o'clock, where fans can hop on and ask questions, give shout outs. We'll go through all the state soccer brackets and uh, we'll we'll preview the boys and girls soccer action there, and then we'll drop that into the podcast feed for the magic Valley prep cast. Yeah. So if fans can't make it to, to the live show, we'll drop it into the podcast feed as well to break down everything that's going to be happening in, in state soccer. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's why you're the, the head guy in this cutting edge stuff that we're doing. Right. You know, I, I, I love doing those live preview shows because the fans yeah. can come on and talk a little smack or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had a blast doing those uh, for state basketball last year and, and uh, got a lot of interaction. So yeah, those are real fun. Yeah. So, uh, well, we'll, we'll dive more into state soccer next week. And, um, so then we don't have to talk about it on the prep cast cause we'll have already cleared the way with our preview show. So, uh, let's, let's switch to football now, Scott, yeah. where we're at the final two weeks of the regular season. The big story last week was Dietrich taking on castle Ford, a pair of undefeated teams on the season who would emerge as the leader, uh, not only for the uh, regular season title, but a chance to still stay undefeated. The answer is Dietrich. They win in a tight one, 26 to 20 over castle Ford. Now Dietrich jumped up 14, nothing. And from there they kind of traded scores, but that initial start by Dietrich was the real key. Yeah, it was. And we talked about this on the on the prep cast. It's going to be offense versus defense. I mean, the explosive Dietrich machine that's putting up video game numbers offensively versus a, a stout Castle Ford defense. And, um, you know, and it lived up to its billing. You know, uh, the defense kind of held 
Dietrich in check. Um, but uh, Dietrich just was just a little bit too too powerful. But boy, what a, what a ball game! Yeah, so Dietrich led fourteen to eight at halftime. Uh, Cody Power threw a pair of touchdown passes to Connor Perkins and Case Robertson. Case Robertson's like six three, six four. It's like almost unfair in eight man football to have a guy that tall that you can go throw the ball to. Um, just before halftime, Castleford scores. Gus Wiggins punches it in from uh, the goal line. So it's fourteen to eight at halftime, and that's right where Castleford wants it. But yeah. second half. Dietrich comes out and extends that lead to two scores again. Peyton Sneddon with a touchdown run. Um, and then I thought probably the most impressive play, uh, not just of that game, but maybe of the week in the entire state. So Castle Ford's down two scores. They're marching down the field. Ethan Rowland is rolling out to the right side, Scott. And Jamie Ramos, the wide receiver, is cutting back across the grain in the end zone going to the left. And so... Roland comes and throws across his body through a defender into the end zone uh, for a Castle Ford touchdown. It, it was pretty impressive to see, you know, when the season started, Jamie Ramos was the guy throwing the passes and now he's the guy catching the catching touchdown the passes. passes. And Ethan yeah. Roland was an all state wide receiver last year. He's now playing quarterback. Um, we talked about it last week with Castle Ford only having 12 guys. You've got to have that positional versatility. And it was a really impressive throw from Roland for the touchdown to, to bring Castle Ford within a score again. But then Dietrich would answer and close it out. But it was a really impressive throw. Yeah, and, and, and it was. And, and if you were there and you got to see it, it, it looked like sandlot ball, right? <laughs> it's just like you run. You run to the, I think it was that commercial, you go to the Subaru and then take a left. And it's like, that's kind of what it is when you get into those, those type of situations. And then you just have athletes making ridiculous plays and, and that throw should not have happened, you know, because not just, you don't throw back against the grain, but physically the arm strength that it takes to do that. Um, that was a really, really impressive play. And it was a timely play because it got him right back into the ball game. Uh, so yeah, that was that was great. That was that was a game that we had on IdahoSports.com, and Mike Christensen, our play-by-play guy, he he did the whole like, did he catch it? Is that a touchdown? <laughs> what are they calling? And yeah, the official threw up his hands, and um, so yeah, it was an impressive play from Castle Ford, and really in the grand scheme of things, you know they lose twenty-six to twenty. They've still got a shot at second place in the conference. Um, they would need. And and possibly, you know, there could still be a three-way tie for first place. Here's what Castle Ford needs. So now Dietrich plays Camas County this week. So Castle Ford's already beaten Camas County. Dietrich has beaten Castle Ford. If the mushers knock out the devils, then you've got a three-way tie for first place. And I have no idea how that gets settled. But so that's what Ca- Castle Ford is going to be cheering for the mushers on Friday yeah. night. Yeah, that's uh Again, the year of the musher. Can they can they keep it going? And you know, and you never want to root for or against teams like you're when you're in our position but man you gotta like three-way ties and if it goes to a kansas city playoff man there's nothing better well so so the, there's there's three teams that get into the playoffs from the district so they're all kind of in uh-huh. um it would just be figuring out how you you know award first second and third place as somebody who has to figure this out i i want simple so you know i personally am going to be cheering for dietrich to just finish it off because that makes my job a little easier when i'm trying to figure out who's going where for the playoffs the one the one caveat to this is hansen is still hanging around they uh finished the year with castle ford and camas county and if hansen wins out and runs the table they're the second place team even if they beat camas county and Camus loses to Dietrich, Hansen gets that third playoff spot. So the Hansen Huskies still have a lot to play for 
as well. They could be a potential uh, fly in the ointment, as it were. Yeah, that's exactly what they'd be, the fly in the ointment, because nobody really is looking at, at Hansen as to cause any damage. But they're in a position to where if they pull a couple upsets, they definitely could. You know, I mean, Castleford and Camus are going to be some tough, tough, you know, tasks for them. But when you are controlling your own destiny, that's all you can ask for. You know, and you look at, uh, you know, uh, Hanson and their season, you know, they did play uh, Dietrich and got smashed by Dietrich 58 to 8. So, you know, people look at that and go, okay, Hanson's out. They're not going to be able to compete with the Dietrichs and the Castle Fords and, and stuff like that. But then here they are with two big games left, Castleford and Camus, and they control their destiny. Yeah, it's going to be uh, really interesting to watch how that all unfolds as the uh, season progresses. Uh, at the 1A D1 level, it's it's pretty much set at this point. You know, Oakley, Raft River, Cary, Murtaugh, all pretty much into the playoffs at this point. Three teams get auto bids, and then there's uh, a couple of at-large bids that, that get awarded. Um, those four teams can feel pretty good. Lighthouse Christian, Scott, because of the strength of their schedule, um, they're they're one in five on the season. They only got their first win last Friday over Valley, but because they played such a gauntlet of a schedule, playing Oakley, Raft River, Kerry, uh, Grace, you know, all these top five teams, mm-hmm. um, they actually, because of the Max Preps ratings, are in the playoffs right now. If they win out, the Lions are going to wow. be in the playoffs. You're, you're looking at five teams from District Four that could be in the playoffs. How yeah, you know, and 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 that right there is another little thing about the max preps rankings, you know, because, you know, you think back to the the schedule that or the, or the podcast that we did last year when we were just now getting into it, one of the things that uh, they said was strength of schedule was a huge, huge factor in this. And so I had, I was having conversations with some uh, ADs this morning regarding the max prep rankings right now in football at the 4A level and how it's it's goofy right now, you know, because you've got, you know, I think it was Blackfoot that has lost like four straight games, yet they're, they're still there, you know, but strength of schedule. And, and so when we reached out to the Max Preps people, if you remember last year, nobody seemed to know the, the actual formula. They could kind of give us bits and pieces of it, but the one thing that did stand out was strength of schedule. And now for Lighthouse Christian, the benefits of playing that gauntlet of a schedule, like you said, uh, is reaping some benefits for them. Yeah, we'll talk about the 4A playoff picture in just a minute. Um, 2A, it's going to come down to Declo Wendell, final week of the regular season. Uh, it's a two-team conference. Uh, Wendell needs to win that game. I don't think there's a path for Wendell to get in as an at-large team. Their max preps rating just isn't strong enough, so Wendell has to win that game against Declo. Declo can lose that game and still get in as an at-large, but of course the Hornets would just like to, to win it and be done with it. So we'll talk more about that game next week. 3A. The big matchup is for the conference title this week. Scott Buell is going to take on Kimberly. They're both 2-0 in league play, both pretty safely into the playoffs at this point. We've been talking about Buell all season long. Kimberly, you know, Gatlin Bear transferred from Kimberly to Burley, and people thought, boy, they just lost their best player. How are they going to respond? They're fine. They are totally fine. Cade Larson at quarterback is such a dynamic player for Kimberly. Um, this is going to be another offensive Kimberly versus that strong defense of Buell. Yeah, that is a game that has been circled for a little while now. Uh, just with the rise of Buell um, and the, the the surprising continued success of Kimberly, 
you know, and that, that goes to show, you know, for Kimberly, that goes to show just kind of what kind of program they have over there. You know, you'll, you'll lose a guy like, like Gatlin and then you just don't really miss a beat. Um, but uh, there, I mean, that's, that's from what they're doing now from what coach Bishop built over there. It's just a, a, a churning machine at Kimberly and they just have got athletes left and right on both boys and girls side. And then the feel good story of it all is what's going on in Buell, you know, with, with, Alan Reynolds just kind of resurrecting that entire town, um, bringing back a, a sense of, of tribe pride, as he said, that has been gone for so long. And so there is just a genuine buzz and excitement in Buell against the continued success and dominance of Kimberly. And those two things are going to collide. And that is going to be fun. Yeah, a couple points about Kimberly. They missed the playoffs last year where they had a lot of the same talent, but they were so injury-plagued, yeah. right? They they were really bit by the injury bug. And then Coach Bishop retired in the spring. They've got a new coach, uh, and I'm so sorry if I say your name wrong. Is it Joe Dill? Joe Dilly? Yeah. I, either way, um, you know, he's the new head coach, and he's done a great job. He was a former assistant taking yeah. the reins, and he's done a great job with Kimberly as well. So that's going to be a fun game. Um, third place right now because there are three bids to the playoffs out of this district. It, it is Wood Rivers. We talked about this last week. Where yeah. Wood, yeah. Wood River has played themselves in. You know, I thought Wood River plays Gooding this Friday, and I thought, okay, Gooding's going to beat Filer on Friday, last Friday, and it's going to be a battle between Wood River and Gooding for that third and final spot. Well, Gooding loses to Filer. Wood River has already beaten Filer, so a win by Wood River against Gooding on Friday wraps it up for the Wolverines, and they'll be in the playoffs. Yeah, no kidding, and that that's that's kind of an interesting story too, because I mean, Wood River's the the school that petitioned to drop down from four A to three A in football only uh, for competitive equity, and 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 it, it wasn't a, I mean, it was the right move. I mean, they they belonged there, and uh, but Wood River in their first year in this conference. And, and this conference is legit when you're talking about Buell and, and Kimberly in particular. Um, yeah, Wood River just sneaking their way into the playoffs is a good story for Wood River. Definitely. And then at the 4A level, Scott, Minico still in first. They're 4-0. They've got a bye this week, so they're off. And really, the the, the playoff spots are still to be determined, right? Uh, Twin Falls is also undefeated in league play still. Mm -hmm. uh, Twin Falls has an interesting game against canyon ridge on friday night so so really you've got the top four all kind of playing each other down the stretch here where you've got minico right now in first twin falls is in second burley and canyon ridge uh are in the three four slots canyon ridge is in third officially burley is in fourth where canyon ridge will play twin falls this friday burley the following friday the riverhawks can play their way into the playoffs with two wins there you've got uh, Minico and Twin Falls in a game that could decide the league title next Friday. I mean, the most important games of the season in the Great Basin seem to be coming here in the final two weeks. They do, and that's how you want it set up. You know, uh, you look at this Great Basin Conference um, and what's happened so far is, I mean, the top two teams are kind of separating themselves a little bit, and that's Minico and Twin. Um, everybody right now is fighting for third. And that third place obviously is coming down to uh, Burley and Canyon Ridge. And that is going to be a, a huge game, the very final game of the season. If things kind of continue the way they're going, uh, that one at Canyon Ridge High School, Friday, October 21st. Um, and that could decide that third place in that conference. 
Yep, Twin Falls beat Burley last Friday, forty-eight to thirty-two. Um, the ground ground and pound of Twin Falls is so effective, and mm-hmm. you know Burley. This has happened a couple times this year. They outgained Twin Falls in in total yardage. They've done this a couple of times this year, but but turnovers have been the problem for Burley, where they they put together a long drive and then they turn it over deep, deep in opposing territory. So um, yes, Burley Canyon Ridge uh, and then twin falls, Minico, the final week of the season could determine, you know, one, two, three, and four in the standings. And I will say for Canyon Ridge, um, it's looking like they need to win out because of the max preps rating, Scott. So I just posted this morning uh, the latest bubble watch where I look at all the classifications, 5A all the way down to 1AD2. You know, if the playoffs started today, who would be in? Who would be on the bubble? What would the matchups be? Canyon, and this is where people are going to look at the max preps ratings and go, this doesn't make any sense. Canyon Ridge at 5-1 and one is out of the playoffs right now. And the... Um, you know, you've got like Bonneville at two and five. Yeah. Hillcrest is a, a sub 500 team. You've got a lot of sub 500 teams from the East that would be in ahead of Canyon Ridge based upon max preps. It's just boggles. Right? It, it, it does. And this is where people really are confused about the way max preps works. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, um, but you're, you cannot look at records alone. And we are so trained to look at records as an indicator of the worth and, you know, of a team, that's not the case. And yet, fine, go schedule eight patsies and whip the crap out of all of them and put up an eight no record and then go beat, get beat in the first round just because you didn't play anybody. Well, the max preps is taking that into consideration. And that's why you're seeing these two and five teams. Okay. Well, yeah, they may have five losses, but who are those five losses to, you know, um, and then you say, oh, yeah, well, I would have lost to them as well. But they're just getting better by playing those teams. And and so that's why looking at records alone just isn't going to cut it in the max preps. Now, agree or disagree and how teams jump each other and do all these other things is, I mean, that's up for debate. And you're never going to make everybody happy because I know right now in 4A, there are people that are not happy with the way things are shaking out. OK, but it is what it is. And it's. You know, it's better than the system that we had. I will say that. And I guess here's the problem I have with it is I'd, I have no idea how they calibrate the rankings each week. So you look at, you know, like Burley, for example, I put them in as the third team in my projections because they've got a significantly higher max preps rating than Canyon Ridge. And you go, well, you know, Burley's kind of played, you know, some soft opponents, kind of like Canyon Ridge has. I guess the difference is Burley went to Bishop Kelly, the number one team a couple of weeks yeah. ago and and got thumped. And so the cab, I guess the the thinking is, okay, uh, even if you go lose to a good team by 50, that still helps you in, in the ratings. Well, Canyon Ridge played Minico last week or two weeks ago, right? And um, they went backwards in their max preps rating. Canyon Ridge was actually ranked higher um, after losing to, to, to Minico. And then they beat Mountain Home last week and they they, they fall backwards. I mean, I, I just, I can't make heads or tails of it. Well, see, and that's that's the piece that's got everybody confused and 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 i don't know if there's an answer to it because when we did our our research last year on this max preps deal um nobody knew the formula and nobody knew exactly what affected what they just kind of had a general idea even when we called max preps i mean first of all the ihsa they didn't know they just hitched their wagon to max preps so it's like fine let's go to max preps we called what is the formula what happens 
particularly? What are you looking at this? I mean, just to a detail, they didn't know, which boggled my mind. They Max Preps did not know the formula that was used to calculate this because they were hitching their wagon to another system and they didn't know the formula for that system. You know, and so that's how Max Preps was operating. And that doesn't help anybody that's got these questions because nobody seems to have the answer. Yeah, it's and again, to reiterate, as it looks right now with two weeks to go, Burley could could finish fourth and get an at large bid. Mm -hmm. uh, Canyon Ridge needs to get one of those three auto bids. They just don't have the max preps rating to get an at large slot right now, which is crazy to think about. So, yeah, um, it does. And that's why that game on the 21st between Burley and Canyon Ridge is going to have so much writing on it. Definitely. We're going to, we're going to have some tantalizing football matchups to break down next week on the podcast, Scott. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, ne next week, it'll be pretty much football volleyball discussion. You know, volleyball yeah. districts will have started. We'll kind of take you through the brackets, how those look again, state soccer we'll have on a separate podcast. So it's going to be kind of volleyball football. And we'll really dive into these really important football matchups uh, next week on the prep cast. Cause yep. It's going to be a lot sure. of fun. So, so yeah. where, where are your eating pants, Scott? We've got a lot to digest. <laughs> My eating pants. I do. Uh, I do have a pair of like little mom spandex pants that I put on for uh, special occasions like Thanksgiving and, uh, and uh, they, they expand really well. <laughs> awesome. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, we're, we're going to uh, expand our way out of the room here and uh, get ready for what lies ahead. Enjoy uh, the weekend of competition, everybody. Uh, for Scott Burton, I'm Brandon Bainey. We'll see you next time on the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com.